Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series, which can be heard on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, the World Podcast Network, and the Family Podcast Network. And we're on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 107.7 FM and 8.20 a.m. across Central Virginia, 16.50 a.m. in Hampton Roads, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And with that housekeeping handled, today we're excited to be joined by Tyler Quinn, a cancer survivor and nurse at Winchester Medical Center, which is part of the Valley Health System family, for conversation about how the circumstances around a frightening medical diagnosis inspired him to work in healthcare. So welcome to the show, Tyler. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, Julian. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. It's our pleasure and we appreciate you squeezing us in. So let's just start, Tyler, by learning a bit more about you. We know you're a nurse by training and a nursing leader working on the Medical Innovation Unit at Winchester Medical Center. We know you're a cancer survivor, which we'll discuss in more detail in a few moments. We've also read that you're active in your church and that you're a foster parent. So beyond those few details, I imagine there's a lot more to you as a person. So what are the essential things about you that you'd like people to know? Oh, man. Well, life stays very busy with all those things. I'm also very passionate about our old man church softball team. Um, (laughs) We have a lot of fun with that. It's a a good way to uh, relieve some stress. Sometimes I put my skills to use out there, nursing skills, that is, uh, when people (laughs) have some pulled muscles, but it's a good time. Very good. Well, we've all got to find a way to be weekend warriors as we get older. That's for sure. We mentioned that you're active with your church, and you just alluded to the softball league. And I've read that your initial career plan was to become a youth minister before your personal medical experience reoriented your thinking in that regard. When we interview clinicians, one thing that we consistently hear is about their animating motivation to help people, that sense of purpose and service. While healthcare and the ministry are different things, I wonder if you have thoughts about the overlap between the mission-based work of healthcare and the ministry work of the church. Yeah, I think there are a lot of parallels. You know, the the foundation of the ministry of of Jesus and, and foundation of the church is serving others and putting others first. And that's exactly what we do in healthcare. We come in and we make a lot of sacrifices, bathroom breaks, a lot of hours on the feet to come in and help our patients, help their families, and really put their needs before our own while they're in our care. Absolutely. And that is the inspiration for the name of this podcast, Patients Come First. And on the subject of patient care, we do want to talk about your time as a patient. About 10 years ago, You were in your first semester enrolled at Johnson University in Tennessee when you began experiencing symptoms such as double vision and dizziness. You were ultimately diagnosed with leukemia, which is a cancer that affects the body's blood-forming tissues such as bone marrow and the lymphatic system. Ultimately, you underwent extensive treatment and received a bone marrow transplant at Johns Hopkins University. I imagine that was quite a harrowing experience. I wonder what can you share with us about that stage and that time in your life? Yeah, it was definitely uncharted waters. My mom and my dad were with me through the whole experience. I had been healthy my whole life. I'd never had the flu. I had one ear infection, and that's pretty much the extent of 
my health history prior to being diagnosed with cancer. So my experience and interaction with the healthcare system had been pretty minimal. So once I was diagnosed, you know, I was inundated and completely submersed in what healthcare is, doctor's appointments, constantly treatments, things like that. And really the care and compassion that was shown to me by the nurses and the doctors that were entrusted with my care. I mean, the life changing for me, obviously. So it, it makes a huge difference in a patient's stay because, you know, for me, I was scared. I was right on that cusp of like, I just got out of high school. I'm ready to be independent, be an adult. And here we are back under the care of someone else, uh, strangers nonetheless. So having that compassion and kindness that you really get to experience as a patient change my thought process in being a thought process of how a patient feels. And I wanted to reciprocate that, make that big difference that a good nurse can make in a patient's care and let them know, yeah, being in the hospital is not fun. Patients don't enjoy it. And I feel your pain. I want to help make this as enjoyable as it can and make your stay as pleasant as one can make it. Well, that sounds like a great way to approach your work as a nurse, to really focus on the patient's quality of experience. And I want to stay on this subject a moment more. You described that as a life-changing experience, especially for someone who, as you noted, had never really had many interactions with the healthcare system. You talked in broad terms about the compassionate care you received. I wonder if there is one specific moment that stands out to you that really crystallizes that experience for you well you were again nervous and anxious and unsettled because of this is very scary and frightening diagnosis but also the calming presence of that compassionate care is there one moment that really illustrates that experience for you so i don't know if i could pin it down to one moment I think what made the greatest impact, because anyone could be great in one moment, and that can be very impactful, but really what had the lasting impression was the consistent kindness, the little acts, the nurse offering to go down and buy us lunch because I was tired of hospital food after two weeks, or the nurse going out of her way to track down extra bedding for my mom who had to stay in the room with me extra nurse, nurses that would go above and beyond to just make us feel at home, feel welcome, comfortable, and just do what they could to make it not feel like you're in the hospital being treated for a life-threatening illness. So I don't know that I could narrow it down to just one thing. It was more the overall, you know, constant little things that added up to the full picture. That makes total sense. As they say, it's the details in life that count. So certainly understand that feeling that it was really the accumulative effect of an attitude and an environment that was considerate and compassionate. So appreciate you sharing that. We talked a little bit earlier about how that experience shifted your professional path. With the benefit of hindsight perspective, I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about that and tell us about your why in healthcare. What is it even now, looking back and the totality of experiences, what is it that you find so rewarding about working with patients who have, in your current role, experienced acute strokes or heart attacks or other medical challenges? I really like 
just making an impact, helping them know, hey, I know you're human. I'm human too. I know this isn't fun. Um, I'm here with you. What can I do to help you out? Whether that's joking with them, uh, trying to stretch what we can do as far as allowing them to bring in food or music therapy, different things that we can help with our patients, advocating for them and trying to get to the root of what they need to feel cared for and feel cared about and trying to take what they show and what they express is their what's important to them and put that to, to practice or bring it to life however possible. Sometimes it's just being real with them. Like, you know, I, I feel your pain. I know this isn't fun. Hang in there with us. We will do all that we can for you. And, and I think after being a patient, that honesty and showing that you're human too, it's not just healthcare professionals or robots, knowing that the caregiver and the human and the patient are both human and both it can express needs similarly has helped me kind of relate and put the patients first in that, that uh, area. Yeah, and that human relation can be so important. It's sort of the metaphorical hand-holding, you know, just the reassurance of a patient knowing that, hey, someone who is sympathetic, who is empathetic, who can relate, is with you and, and is here to help you along this journey, even though it's scary and frightening. So that's a good outlook, and I appreciate you sharing that. Before we let you go, Tyler, it is a tradition on the podcast to ask each of our guests a pair of personal questions to give our listeners a sense of who they are beyond the work they do. To keep things interesting, we have developed a list of 10 mystery questions. So if you would, please give me two numbers between 1 and 10, and I will ask you the corresponding questions. Let's go with 2 and 9. 2 and 9. 2 is, if you were stranded on a deserted island... What one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three entertainment survival kit picks? Oh, boy. That is tough. Let's see. Can I lump all the Harry Potter books into one big book? Sure. Absolutely. All right. All right, cool. Let's go with that. And then album, it has to be... Probably something Brooks and Dunn. Okay. Um, kind of a, a 90s country stand. Yeah, so I, 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 know, I know who Brooks and Dunn are. <laughs> all right, all right. And what was, was the last one, like a film? Yes, that? correct, movie, yes. Mm, movie. Remember the Titans. I can watch that over and over and never get bored. That one was for you, coach. All right, baby. All right. You brought us here, coach. Yeah. Run it up, Herman. Leave no doubt. We are the Titans, the mighty, mighty Titans. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And then you also selected number nine. If you are miraculously granted one wish, what would you wish for? Oh, jeez. I'm guessing more wishes is not an option. I mean, you can try to, to fudge, but I would say with, <laughs> within the context of the question, it's probably more appropriate to figure out one thing. All right. Well, here, I'll, I'll steer more towards healthcare because I'm so, it's tough to narrow it down. One of the biggest needs that I would love 
to see, especially in our area, that if I had if one wish and I could just wish it would be a greater support for the mental health in our community. Mm-hmm. Just, it's so underserved. So if I could just snap my fingers and wish right there, I would wish to have the resources to actually take care of the need that I know we have in our community and is widespread just throughout the country. Absolutely. Yes. The pandemic has certainly taken a toll on mental health and mental wellness. And we know just looking at the data here in Virginia that demand for mental health and behavioral health treatment services has certainly been on the rise, both for adult and pediatric services. Thankfully, there are a number of hospitals within the VHHA membership that are investing in expanding inpatient beds and also outpatient and community-based services. And then obviously, the governor and the General Assembly during this most recent 2023 legislative session put forward some proposals to invest significant new state funding in behavioral health services and access. So all of those things, to your point, Tyler, are very much needed. So that's a point well taken there. And with that, that is going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guest, Tyler Quinn with Winchester Medical Center in the Valley Health System family for joining us today. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. 